everybody, and welcome to The Snap, a Marvel Cinematic Universe recap podcast where we're going to be talking about all 21 Marvel movies leading up to Avengers Endgame. I'm your host, Kale Jouette, and I have a feeling this is going to be quite the long episode. Um, today, we are finally talking about Avengers Infinity War, and with me to talk about the movie is Christian Buckley. How are you doing today? I am doing very well. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for coming on. I'm really excited about this because Christian has his own podcast uh, called Excelsior, where he talks all about MCU stuff, and um, it's 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 going to be great because we're going to do a little fun game in a little bit, right? So yeah, but before we get into that, yeah, do you want to um, kind of introduce yourself and the podcast and everything that you do? Sure, yeah. Um, so I'm, I do two podcasts. Uh, on joy clicks one of them is the marvel podcast excelsior uh fun fact about that my co-host um i met because he goes to um the same school as me and we were in a class mm-hmm. together and then in the kind of funny facebook group one sub sunday i was like hey here's my twitter account and then you uh commented on it and he's like hey you're in my class <laughs> that's so that's how amazing. we became friends and that's um, really funny yeah and that was around this time last year i think and uh, yeah, so we decided to do a Marvel podcast where we do uh, MCU news. Well, everything's MCU now. No more Fox. Right. But um, exactly. Yeah. And yeah, so it's a fun time. I'm excited for this. Uh, warm up with some endgame stuff. But speaking of warming up, every episode we play a little game at the beginning that I call Cast Me Baby One More Time, <laughs> where uh, I pull a name out of a box it's a character that Marvel either didn't own at the time or hasn't used yet in the MCU. And we each have a minute to present a actor or actress to portray this character. Our audio guy um, evaluates our pitches and then casts one of them. We have a pretty diverse lineup right now. All right. Um, our first episode was Mystique and Beyonce was our first cast. Wow. So, um, I, you know, I can see it. I, I, I'd like her more as a storm, I think, because, you know, see, that'd be good. Get the boss ass role. But mm. um, but I, I can see it. I can definitely see that. Yeah, we got to a She-Hulk eventually. And I, f- I thought she could be a good She-Hulk because she has that like commanding presence, you know, and She-Hulk's a lawyer. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that could have been cool. But, definitely. Um, so, yeah, since you're allowing me to be on your podcast, mm. I figured I'm a little would, nervous. We would play um, it. Uh, let's do it. No debating this time. You just kind of. Get your choice, and then I listen. <laughs> and All right. See what it is. So. All right. So, so who who do I have? You have a piece of paper right here. You've got Iceman. Iceman. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Uh, so mm, Iceman. Okay. Let me to get some background on the mm-hmm. character, which I know a little bit about. Correct. Didn't he recently come out as like? Not come out as gay, but like he's always been gay, but like in the comic universe. Yes. Or am I thinking of somebody else? So it's, okay, so that is him. I think was it like three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, um hmm. fun fact, Iceman, one of my favorite X-Men. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I am a I am a big fan of like the cartoon X-Men in the nineties. I used to watch it all the time, specifically like at nighttime, I've always been a night owl, even when I was a kid, and it would always come on TV, like the cartoon show, at night when I shouldn't be awake, yeah. <laughs> and I would watch it every mm-hmm. night, and I love that show. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, 
think who is uh, Sean Ashmore is the one who played Iceman in the Fox films. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking of like somewhat younger characters. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good maybe, start. Yeah, because you know I know the MCU is if we were to cast um, X Men and all. Oh God! I'm only supposed to have like a minute, and I'm gonna go over because it, it takes. Me it's so, cool. I have to be like a perfectionist. I, I, I'm um, not presenting anything this week, so it's uh, it's all your call. Well, I was gonna say, I'm thinking of like young actors and maybe like Nick Robinson, okay. if you know who that is. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like maybe he's more of a Scott. Um, Ooh, I could see that. Yeah. Iceman's tough because like he any like is isn't he a redhead or no? I don't think so. Is he not a redhead? I mean, half the time he's blue and made of ice, so I, I don't know what his natural state is. <laughs> um. Wow. Do you have any suggestions? I'm like gonna think a little um, bit harder. Iceman. The one that's sticking out of my head is Grant Gustin. Yeah. I feel like he could be do a good job with it. I know, but it's so weird because he has already been. Yeah, he's like he's Flash. like the Flash. So, what about? What about the dude? And the reason I I'm putting redhead together, mm-hmm. I can't think of his name. And I'm going to look it up. What about the guy from um from Riverdale oh. with the red hair? But he only has red hair in the in the film. He actually has brown hair. Okay. Um, in real life. Yeah, um, I haven't watched Riverdale. KJ but... Apa, I think. Yes. Is how, yeah, yeah, how yeah. It... Mm-hmm. Maybe him. Maybe that would be a good casting. Because like I'm trying to think of like up and coming like young actors that are on like TV and stuff right now. Yeah, CW would be like a good spot. fit. So, yeah, I'm going to go with him just because, I don't know, I feel like he has, like, a stronger personality, Mm -hmm. Um, but I especially could see if they were to, um, I don't know, I I don't know, I'm just thinking, I don't know why I'm thinking of a redhead, so it's, like, what comes to my mind, but, Mm -hmm. yeah, we're going to go with him, we're just going to do that, just because he's a good actor and... And yeah, I don't know a lot of really, I don't know a lot of young actors really I know. right now. It seems like the only people are the Stranger Things cast, you know? <laughs> like, that's the only group of young actors Right, that's that what exists. I was thinking too, but then I was like, maybe they're too young for the yeah. role. Like, I think he nailed the right vibe with the age range they're probably going to mm-hmm. do when when they eventually do X-Men. Um, I don't think they're going to be like a bunch of actual teenagers, but they're probably going to yeah, present them as like young adults. Yeah, I don't think they're going to go with the with what they have done on um on the last X-Men where they were all younger. I think they might go a little bit older. Yeah, but... like mid-20s maybe. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, solid. So Iceman has joined the ranks. Cool. Uh, I think that's a I think that's a good pick. I mean, I'm a rookie to this. But... Oh, of course. Yeah. I th- I'm I mean, like I said, our first one was Beyoncé and that was <laughs> because uh Jack, my co-host, just had some uh, cold feet, Curse the Ice Man. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that was a good warm up. Now my brain is like, I'm going to be, for the rest of the day, I'm just going to be thinking of other actors and I'm just going to have to like text them to you and uh-huh. think who would be a good role. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, that was fun. Thank you for that. All right. Yeah. That's some, I, I would like to play some more of that eventually. It's a fun, fun warm up. But, mm-hmm. but yeah. If you are new to the show, which hopefully you're not because we are 19 episodes in, uh, this is what we're going to do. We're going to recap the film. I will tell you, this is a long one. And I didn't miss a detail. Like, I put everything in there. 
We have so many pages of notes. I'm really nervous we're gonna get to like 20 minutes of recap but you know i think especially because we're recapping for endgame this is the most important movie and i think it's fine i think getting getting all the juicy details plus it's a long film the film was uh two and a half hours Mm -hmm. a little bit over that so quite a long film this is going to be a big recap but it's fine just stick with me we'll get to it um and then after the recap we're going to talk about how we felt about the film uh things we liked didn't like all that good stuff and then we are going to rate the film uh i'm gonna ask christian what his top three mcu films are and you will find out where infinity war ranks in my episodes and then and then yeah as usual at the end we're gonna do endgame spoilers and maybe endgame theories um but yeah i'm really excited christian are you are you ready for the recap of this movie i am so ready <laughs> i'm also so ready this Again, it's going to be a long one, but we're going to get through it. So we're going to do it. Settle All in. Right. <laughs> exactly. Buckle up. All right. So this is the recap for Infinity War. The Marvel intro rolls in without any music. It's very ominous. We haven't had this before. So we start to hear the Asgardians call for help because they are being attacked. Uh, we meet the children of Thanos, and one of them tells us that this is their salvation. The universal scales are tipped towards balance because of their sacrifice. So we see Thanos, and he's on the ship, and he turns around and he says he knows what it's like to lose. He grabs Thor and walks in front of Loki and drops him, and he says that he is their destiny. So we see all of, um, or it's going to be half of the Asgardian people are being like slayed around them. Um, He rises his gauntlet in the air to reveal that he does have the Power Stone already, and he tells Loki to give him the Tesseract or he's going to kill Thor. And Loki calls his bluff, so he uses the Power Stone to attack Thor, and then Loki's like, all right, stop. Thor thinks that the Tesseract is gone, but Loki has the Tesseract, because of course it's Loki, and he's going to have the Tesseract. So then he looks in the air, and Hulk comes out of nowhere and starts attacking Thanos, because Hulk is still with them on the ship. So Thanos just grabs both of Hulk's hands and he punches him down and throws him into the ground. And Hulk is shook by this. Um, Heimdall is still alive and he uses his sight for one last time to call the Bifrost down to send Hulk back to Earth. So Thanos kills Heimdall for this and Thor cries out for the loss of his friend. And he says, you're going to die for that. Thanos takes off his armor to be the first to wield more than one stone. And just remember that he takes off his armor um and we don't see it again so just remember that so he takes the tesseract he breaks it to reveal the space stone and puts it into his gauntlet he tells him that there are two more he tells his children that there are two more stones on earth and to find them loki tries to join in on them as a guide to earth and he calls himself odin's son and god of mischief and he goes to pledge himself to thanos but then he just tries to trick him and stab him and thanos stops him chokes him to death right in front of thor and in the first 10 minutes of the film, the love of my MCU life is gone. How rude. Really sad about it, but mm-hmm. it's fine. I think, I think, I think we'll see him again one day. My girlfriend um, feels the same way. <laughs> so Loki tells him that he will never be a god. And then Thanos throws him down at Thor's feet and says, no resurrections this time. And I have that highlighted. Um, 
But yeah, then he uses the space stone and he bounces out of there with the children of Thanos. So Hulk crashes down into New York City, right into Doctor Strange's sanctum. He turns into Banner and he says, Thanos is coming. And Strange and Wong look at each other and then they're back at Banner and they're like, who? So we see Tony and Pepper. They're going for a run in Central Park. And he says that he dreamt that they had a kid and it was so real. And she's like, no, if you wanted a kid, you would have gotten rid of that arc reactor in your chest. So he's like, all right, no more surprises. Let's celebrate our engagement, blah, blah, blah. And then Doctor Strange opens a portal in front of him, and he's like, Tony Stark, we need your help. The fate of the universe is at stake. And Tony's like, who's we? And then Bruce comes out and hugs him, and this is the first time they've seen each other since the end of Age of Ultron. So Tony goes to the Sanctum, and Wong is explaining to everyone what the Infinity Stones are. We've talked about this a little bit in the past, especially in the... um guardians of the galaxy episode but we're gonna do it again um so there was a big bang that sent these six elemental crystals across the universe that each control an aspect of existence so we have the space reality power soul mind and time stones and then dr strange reveals that he has the time stone with him and bruce tells tony that thanos already has two stones he's the one that sent loki to new york and he's the most powerful being alive and tony's like why don't we just destroy the stone here and Strange is like, I swore to protect this stone and our reality. I'm not destroying this thing. So Bruce says, we need to find Vision with a Mind Stone now. And Tony's like, well, he's missing. I turned off. He turned off his tracker a few weeks ago. Uh, Steve might know where he is, but we haven't spoken in years, uh, which we know they haven't spoken since the end of Civil War. But Bruce wasn't there for that. So he's just like, what do you mean? The Avengers broke up like a boy band. And he's like, yeah, but he flips out his little flip phone um, that he received at the end of Civil War to call Steve, but then he hears this strange noise and this wind outside. They walk outside, and they see people running around the city, and there's huge wind gusts. Uh, they see this alien ship that has shown up in New York City. Peter Parker is on a school bus for a field trip. He has his spidey senses go off, and he gets his friend Ned to cause a distraction, and he escapes to go get help. Uh, Stan Lee has a nice little cameo really early in the movie here as the bus driver who's like, what's the matter with you kids? You've never seen a spaceship before. So then Doctor Strange and Tony suit up to meet face to face with the children of Thanos. Uh, Tony's like, Earth is closed today. Get out of here. And he tells Ebony Maw, the main one, to get lost, Squidward. Really good line. <laughs> um, and then he tells Banner to suit up. He's trying, but the Hulk will not come out. And Tony's like, come on, you're embarrassing me in front of the wizards. Come on. And he just can't come out. So tells him to sit, sit in the sidelines banner. And Tony suits up. Iron Man blasts the big one, um, Cull Obsidian. And then Ma pushes Tony all the way into the park. And Spider-Man shows up to help. He's like, what's the dude's problem? He's like, he's from space. He's here to steal a necklace from a wizard. Sounds easy enough. So... Ma, he gets, uh, Ma, by the way, is like the main one. Um, he traps Doctor Strange and the cloak tries to protect him and fly him away. Uh, Spider-Man goes after him, uh, webs Strange and tries to hold him back, but Ma beams both of them up onto his ship. Iron Man is still fighting Obsidian and then Wong uses this magic portal to push him through another into like the desert or something and wong stays behind to defend the sanctum and tony flies up into the air to chase the spacecraft and to catch spider-man before he runs out of oxygen he sends peter uh the new suit that we got a little glimpse of in spider-man far from home that latches onto him in midair to help him breathe uh he's like all right peter bye tries to send him home and he thinks that he's going home but his um 
parachute kind of gets stuck on the ship, so he's still on the ship with them. So Pepper calls Tony, and she's like, you better come back. Why are you on that ship? Come back now. They start to lose signal, and she kind of mumbles something that we don't hear. And then we see Banner still in New York, and he finds the flip phone to contact Steve. So we pan to space, and we see the Guardians of the Galaxy riding through, uh, jamming out to Rubber Band Man. Uh, They're responding to a distress signal in hopes to find some people and get some cash for the rescue. Teenage Groot is a typical teenager. He's being all broody, playing his game. And as they ride into the wreckage of this Asgardian ship, Thor crashes right into them. So they pull him on board. They're all, like, just going crazy over how attractive he is. Uh, Drax says he's like a pirate, had a baby with an angel. So Star-Lord is real salty and jealous about all this. And uh, Mantis wakes him up. And he's like, who the hell are you guys? And then. We pan to, I guess, to skip the introduction. Gamora starts to tell them all about Thanos' plan. Uh, and she says that if he gets all six stones, he will wipe out half the universe with a snap. So Thor says that Thanos is going to nowhere to get the reality stone. And nowhere not being nowhere, but the place that we see in Guardians of the Galaxy with the Collector. Um, he tells them that he stole the Power Stone when he decimated Xandar a week ago. Then he got the Space Stone from his people. And he says, two other stones are on Earth, protected by the Avengers, Earth's mightiest heroes. And Mantis is like, like Kevin Bacon? And he goes, maybe. I haven't been there in a while, so he might be on the team. So, and he says, no one knows where the Soul Stone is. And Gamora kind of makes a face at that statement. So, Thor doesn't have a weapon. And he starts to say, like, I need to go to, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, Nidvalier? I don't think they ever got a <laughs> solid way to pronounce it. Right. We're going to say Nidvalier. That's probably wrong, and it's fine. So so Rocket, Groot, and Thor go off on their own to Nidvalier to get this new weapon for Thor, while the rest of the crew decide to go to nowhere to confront Thanos, which sounds like a really dumb idea, but, you know, they're going to do it. So we see Vision and Wanda in a room in Scotland, and Vision uh, appears human now, and they are a couple. Uh, the stone is hurting him. It's like the Harry Potter kind of like, ah, my scar. Uh, and he doesn't know what's happening. So they're walking around outside and they catch a glimpse of the news and they see what happened in New York City. And so he's like, this is what the stone is warning me about. Corvus Glaive, one of the children of Thanos, sneaks up and stabs Vision through the chest to reveal his form again. Proxima Midnight, which was the main one that I was really looking forward to. And I think they did a pretty good job. Um, so Proxima Midnight and Corvus are attacking Wanda and Vision in Scotland to try and get the stone. They're trying to escape. There's this huge fight, and then they crash into a train station. The odds are clearly against them, but as the train rides by, we get a glimpse of Captain America in the shadows. So him, Falcon, and Black Widow crash in, and they start fighting. Black Widow stabs Corvus Glaive. The two children of Thanos escape and leave Earth. So all of them get on a ship and Cap's like, we're going to go home. We get this flashback vision of the Chitari and Thanos and all of his people on Gamora's home planet. They are separating the people into two different sides. Thanos finds little Gamora and tells her to come with him so he can help her. She takes his hand and walks away from the separation and he is trying to distract her from seeing her parents and half of her people be slaughtered. He hands her this balanced dagger and tells her it's perfectly balanced, as all things should be. 
then we pan to the Guardians, and she still has this dagger, and she tells Star-Lord that if Thanos gets a hold of her, he has to kill her. She knows something that Thanos needs, and if he finds it out, the entire universe will be at risk. So he swears to her, and then they start to kiss, and you see Drax just kind of standing there, like, watching, really weird. And they're like, what are you doing? And he's like, I've been here an hour. I'm mastering the ability of standing so still that I'm invisible. And they're like, we can see you. You're not invisible, dude. So they arrive on Nowhere and they see Thanos in the collector's room with all of his things surrounding him. And he's trying to intimidate the collector into giving him the reality stone. Drax gets all riled up because he sees Thanos and he's ready to go after him. And so Mantis puts him to sleep and he bangs onto the floor and Thanos hears that. Star-Lord tries to make a plan, but Gamora does not listen to the plan, runs in and stabs Thanos with the dagger that he gave her as a child. And he falls to the ground and he's like, why you daughter? And he starts to die. And Gamora starts crying for him. And then everything around them disappears. And then we see the collector's room that they're in, in this ruin and in fire. Uh, Thanos appears behind her. He already has the reality stone and he's used it. He knew Gamora would come to him. He grabs her, uses the reality stone on all of the guardians that come in to try to defend her. And Star-Lord comes in. He's like, let her go, Grimace. And he goes to shoot at Thanos. But then she's like, please, you promised, shoot me instead. So he goes to shoot her. He's really upset about it. And then Thanos uses the reality stone to turn it into a bubble gun. And then he just disappears using the space stone. Thanos takes Gamora and leaves the guardians behind. So. Cap's team heads into the Avengers facility. Banner walks in and meets everyone for the first time in years. Uh, Nat and Bruce have this really awkward hello. Uh, Vision says that they have to destroy his stone, but Wanda's like, no, that's too high of a price. Only she can destroy it and she's not going to do it. So Cap's like, we don't trade lives. And Banner's like, well, Vision isn't just the stone. There's all these parts of him that go together. So Maybe if we take the stone out, there is still a lot of vision left. But can can anybody that they know do this and that fast? And Cap's like, I know somebody. So we pan to Wakanda. Uh, Black Panther and Okoye are walking to approach Bucky, whom they call the White Wolf. They say that he may be tired of war, but he has rested enough. They present him with a new vibranium arm to replace his old one. Doctor Strange wakes up on the ship with a bunch of these, like, needle things pointing all over his body at his face. Um, Ebony Maw says that he has never failed Thanos in all of his time serving him, so he is not prepared to fail him now. He tries to push into him with the needles to force the stone out of him. The Cloak and Spider-Man appear before Tony. Tony yells at Peter for staying on the ship right where he didn't want him to be, and he's like, he's like, I can't be a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man if there is no neighborhood. So Tony's like, all right, well, what's your plan? And he goes, have you ever seen this old movie, Aliens? So Tony goes in to distract Ma, and then he blasts a hole in the ship, making him fly out into the universe. The cloak catches Strange, then Spider-Man catches them both before they fly out of the universe as well. So we see Ebony Ma floating into space, and he dies. So Tony says he doesn't want them to fly home because he's trying to protect the Earth. And if we take the fight to Thanos, he won't expect it. And Dr. Strange is like, all right, but if it comes to saving you, the kid, or the time stone, I'm not going to hesitate to let any of them die because the universe depends on it. So Tony tells Spider-Man he is an Avenger now. Uh, Gamora is back on Thanos' ship. She's like, I hate this chair. I hate this room. I hate the ship. And I hate everything about my life here. Like typical, like, 
teenage meltdown, but she's not a teenager. And he's like, you told me this every day, I know. And I still hoped that you would sit on the chair one day. He says that he saved her as a child. And she's like, no, we were happy on my home planet. And he says that your planet was on the brink of a collapse. And since then, the children there have full bellies and they see clear skies. Half the planet was a small price to pay for salvation. If life is left unchecked, it will cease to exist. For a time, she had the same will as uh, she fought by his side. And she says everything she hates about herself, he taught her. So he says that he trusted her to find the soul stone. And he's disappointed in her for lying to him about it. He reveals that he has Nebula floating in the air with all of her parts being ripped apart. And he shows footage from Nebula that Gamora is telling her that she found the map to the stone and she burned it down. He continues to pull Nebula apart until she finally tells him that it's on Vormir. Later on, we do see Nebula escape the state and put herself back together um, and phones into Mantis to meet her on Titan. Rocket is on the ship with Thor and Groot. He hands Thor an eye that he's been holding in his pocket for a while. Uh, and he Thor puts the eye in and they arrive to... Nidvlir, which again is probably not how it's pronounced. So Thor says something is wrong because the star has gone out and this forge hasn't gone dark in centuries. They see a model for a gauntlet and then a large dwarf attacks them before realizing it's Thor. And he's like, You were supposed to protect us. And Thor's like, Asgard is destroyed. The dwarf's name is um Eitri, I think. And yeah, he says that he thought that if he did what Thanos asked and made him his gauntlet, that his people would be safe. But then after he gave him what he wanted, he still killed everyone. And then he turned his hands into stone so he could not make another weapon like this again. So Tony and his crew crash the alien ship onto Titan. Right as they land, Peter tries to warn them that something is coming, but they are attacked by the Guardians of the Galaxy. Everyone tussles for a minute and then they have each other on lock. And Star-Lord's like, where is Gamora? And Iron Man's like, I'll do you one better. Who is Gamora? And Drax is like, I'll do you one better. Why is Gamora? And then they realize that all of them are here to fight Thanos together. So they're like, we're the Avengers. And Mantis is like, oh, y'all are the ones that Thor told us about. And Tony's like, Thor? You know Thor? Where is he now? So Thor is with Eitri, who is going to make him the best weapon fit for a king, even one that can summon the Bifrost. He needs to awaken the fire of a dying star. Iron Man tries to break it down um, with a plan for them to fight Thanos, but they're like not paying attention at all. And Mantis notices that Doctor Strange is like twitching and all over the place and he's using the stone. So he comes out of it. He freaks out and he's like, I saw all the possible outcomes of the coming conflict. And he saw 14,605, but we only win one of them. Thanos and Gamora arrive to the planet of Vormir together. They travel to the top of the mountain where they are greeted by a cloaked figure who is revealed to be the Red Skull. Uh, he says that the stone extracts a terrible price. Thanos says that he is prepared, and he asks him how he knows this place. And Red Skull says that a lifetime ago, he held one of the stones in his hand, and it cast him here to guide others to a treasure he cannot possess. So if anybody was wondering what happened to Red Skull, here he is. Such a random character here, but it's fine. What Thanos seeks lies in front of him, but also what he fears, and they're standing on the edge of a cliff. So to ensure that whoever possesses it understands its power, the stone demands a sacrifice of which you love, a.k.a. a soul for a soul. So Gamora just starts laughing because she's like, Thanos has lost. Uh, he's never loved anyone before, and she has dreamed of this day for him to get what he deserved. And then he turns around to her and he has this tear on his cheek. 
And she's like, don't cry your pity tears. And the Red Skull's like, he's not crying for himself. So Thanos grabs her and starts to pull her off the cliff. Uh, He says that he cannot ignore his destiny again, even for her. And he throws her off the edge to fall to her death as he cries. And he is transported to the bottom of the mountain and now has the soul stone in his possession. So the Avengers, which includes Cap, Falcon, Black Widow, Banner, Vision, Wanda, and War Machine, all roll up into Wakanda to meet with Black Panther and Okoye. He tells him that all of his tribes are willing to fight, but they also have him. And they point to Bucky. So good little reunion between them. Um, We meet Shuri, who is examining Vision, and her and Banner talk about the way that they programmed him, and she's like, why didn't y'all do a better job at this? Um, So she says that she can get the stone out, but there is over a million neurons here, and one misalignment could cause failure. She needs as much time as she can get, but Okoye gets a signal of a threat entering the atmosphere. So this alien ships, they crash down into Wakanda, some crashing into the force field uh, shield that they have over Wakanda, and they explode, but a lot of them land on the ground outside. And Vision's like, it's too late, let's destroy it now, and Natasha's like, no, get back on the table. So Cap tells Wanda to stay with them and says as soon as the stone is off his head, destroy it. And Black Panther tells them to man their defenses and get Cap a shield. We pan back to Thor and Rocket. Uh, they are working to get this engine fired up and the rings moving again on this planet. So once they could do this, the power of the star starts shining again and the rings are all aligned, but the iris is closed so he can't heat the metal. And Thor's like, I'm going to hold it open, even though it's suicide, because he needs the axe to finish off Thanos. Um, back on Wakanda, Banner still can't transform into Hulk, so he's in this big Iron Man hulky suit that we saw in Age of Ultron. Um, the last living children of Thanos are outside of the force, ready to fight. Black Panther tells them that they are in Wakanda now. Thanos will only have dust and blood. And Proxima says, we have blood to spare. Notice that he said dust and blood. Just saying. Um, they unleash an army of alien things that are running at the force field and they're killing themselves trying to get through the portal. So some are getting through so that the Wakandan forces and the Avengers team up to take them out. They open up the front section of the barrier so they can't surround them. So this huge fight breaks out between all of these aliens and all the people on their side. So Shuri's like, I have barely begun. And Black Panther's like, you need to pick up the pace. So Thor takes on the full force of a star and opens up the iris himself for the metal to heat up. Um, Itri pours the melted um, metal into its casing and Thor falls from the iris onto the ground. Groot is just sitting there playing his game and Rocket's trying to wake Thor up. He can't do it. He's dying. He needs the axe. They can't find the handle to put the axe together. So Groot puts the game down, uses his own limbs to create a handle for the axe, and Thor starts to call it into his hands. We see a flicker of lightning. So the Avengers are getting their asses kicked. There's too many of them. Um, There's too many of the aliens. But then all of a sudden, the Bifrost opens up onto Wakanda, and Thor, Rocket, and Groot are here to help. And Thor is like, bring me Thanos! And just lightning crashes onto a shit ton of enemies. And I still really wish they would have added in um god what is the song from thor ragnarok yes that would have been so good i mean not i guess like not in the setting of infinity war i thought it was a beautiful film but i don't know Mm -hmm. when i saw that theme that's all that uh scene that's all i thought about Mm -hmm. um so yeah thanos arrives on the planet of titan to meet dr strange and strange is like guessing this is your home 
And he says, yeah, it was. Um, and he uses the reality stone to show him how beautiful it was. He says that they faced extinction, so he offered a genocide solution, and they called him mad. But what he predicted came true. And he says, with all six stones, he can snap his fingers, and they would cease to exist, and that would be mercy. Um, and then he could finally rest and watch the sunrise. He says, I think you'll find that our will is equal to yours. And Thanos says, ours? And Tony just comes down and throws this huge rock on top of him. And then everyone on Titan comes out to fight. So we have Tony, both the Peters, uh, Doctor Strange, Drax, and Mantis. They are fighting to take him down. And then Nebula rolls in with the stolen, stolen ship and crashes into him. And she says, you should have killed me. And he says, it would have been a waste of parts. And they all team up equally to pin Thanos down. And Mantis gets on top of him and starts to shut him down. So she's like, you guys be quick. He's really strong. Spider-Man and Iron Man are teaming up to get the gauntlet off of his hands. Uh, Star-Lord, not helping at all. I don't understand. I I still don't get the seed because everyone is helping. And Star-Lord just goes up to him and he's like, where's Gamora? And Mantis says that she feels anguish and he's mourning. And Nebula says, he took Gamora to Vormir and he came back with the Soul Stone. So they all realize what he did. And Tony's like, cool it, dude. We almost have it. Just cool it for a minute. And Star-Lord does not cool it. He's not helping them at all. And he just punches him in the face in a rage. And Mantis loses her focus. Spider-Man almost slips the gauntlet off. And Thanos comes to and grabs it back. He is fighting them at full power. He's so angry. And he blows up this moon above them and just sends the broken pieces flying at them. Shuri is still working on Vision, and the fight continues out front. The Winter Soldier picks up Rocket. They're doing this really cool shooting scene together, and Rocket's like, can I get that arm? And he's like, no. He's like, I'm going to get that arm. So there is a huge explosion, and these huge, like, alien wheel things with these spikes start rushing in to crush everyone. And Wanda sees this and decides to leave Shuri with Vision and goes all Scarlet Witch on these things and shuts them down. Proxima Midnight sees this, calls into Corvus and says, she's on the field, take it. So we see him take out Shuri's guards and approach her and Vision. She's working double speed, and then she hides her, te her tech and gets attacked. So Vision flies out, and he starts fighting Corvus, and he's on the, the battlefield now. So Scarlet Witch goes to save him, but Proxima punches her down and says, he's going to die alone, as will you. And Black, Black Widow is like, she's not alone, and Okoye and her are here to help fight. So Iron Hulk goes to take out Obsidian, which is the big one, and he tells Hulk, please come out now. I need you to make an appearance. And he tries. And then Hulk kind of appears for one second. And he's like, no. And then Banner's like, screw you, you big green asshole. I'll do it myself. So he blasts this big guy off into the force field where he blows up. And Corvus goes to kill Vision and steal the stone, but Cap comes in and starts fighting him. The three ladies are still fighting Proxima when Scarlet Witch throws her up into one of the wheels. Um, so she's dead too. And then Cap is fighting the last one and distracting Corvus when Vision comes behind and stabs him behind his back with his own sword. So all the children of Thanos are dead. So back on Titan, Spider-Man is trying to web everyone to keep them safe. And Strange is trying to use the mirror dimensions and magic to fight Thanos. And then Thanos catches him, and he sees that he's not using the stone, and he figures out that he has hid the stone, and he throws him down. So Tony starts to fight Thanos one-on-one. -on -one. Thanos knows exactly who he is, and he says he's not the only one with cursed knowledge. Tony is not doing too bad, uh, but he hits Thanos in the head, and he says, all that for a drop of blood? So... Thanos hits him hard, and he stabs Tony in his side with his own blade, and he says to Stark, 
you have my respect. And when I'm done killing half of humanity, I hope they remember you. So he goes to kill Tony and Strange is like, stop. And he says, spare his life and he will give him the stone. And he plucks it out from the sky, hands it off to Thanos. And um, Thanos just says one to go and disappears. And Tony looks at Strange and he's like, why? And Strange says, we're in the end game now. Love that line. Thank you for that line, Dr. Strange. Um, the fight on Wakanda continues. Thor takes out a bunch of the alien ships, and Vision feels the surge of energy from the stone and says to Wanda, he is here. The Avengers sit around and watch the breeze blow, and there is this ominous silence around them. Thanos appears on Earth. Cap says, eyes up, and they all go to fight him. He uses the stones and all their powers to make each one of them just fall down, one by one, so he can get to Vision. And Vision asks Wanda to destroy the stone. He says... They're out of time. It's not fair that it has to be her, but it has to. So she starts to destroy the stone with her powers while the Avengers hold off Thanos, but they're not really doing anything. They're being crushed one by one. Cap does hit him pretty hard, and he grabs the gauntlet, and he's holding it for a minute, and Thanos looks almost shocked at this, but then he just punches him down. So Wanda is now holding Thanos back with one hand and destroying the stone with her other. Before he gets to her, she destroys the stone into pieces, and Vision is dead. So Thanos seems defeated, and he tells her that he understands her pain better than anyone. He says today he's lost more than she can know, and now is no time for her to mourn. Now, there's no time at all. And he rewinds what just happened since he has the time stone. He brings Vision and the stone back, plucks it from his head himself, and Vision drops to the ground dead. Thanos has all six stones now. The power flows through him. And then Thor crashes down onto him, hits him right in the heart with his axe, and he pushes it into him, and he says, I told you you would die for that. And Thanos is screaming in pain, and we think it might be okay. And then he says to Thor, you should have gone for the head. And he snaps, the iconic snap. So we pan to Thanos inside of the Soul Stone. He is approached by a young Gamora who is trapped here, um, or maybe it's all in his head, but we're going to go with the theory that Gamora is trapped in the Soul Stone. So she asked him if he did it, and he said yes. And she says, what did it cost? And he says everything. Back on Earth, the gauntlet looks almost destroyed, but we see the Infinity Stones still intact. And Thor's like, what did you do? And Thanos just disappears into smoke. And Cap's like, where did he go? And Bucky says, Steve. And he just turns into dust. And one by one, all these characters get destroyed. We see a lot of the Wakandan um, warriors getting dusted. Um, I will say dusted just because it's kind of funny. It's sad, but the way that people say dusted. Um, so Black Panther goes to help Okoye up and he gets dusted. Groot goes out in front of a rocket. Wanda goes as she sits over Vision's body. And then Falcon, he's gone too. On Titan, we see Mantis say something is happening and then she disappears. Drax next, then Star-Lord. And then Strange says to Tony, there was no other way, and he disappears. The saddest one, uh, Peter, Spider-Man, says, Mr. Stark, I don't feel so good. And his spidey senses are tingling, and he is dusted as Tony is holding him, and it's just him and Nebula left. Cap, Widow, War Machine, Thor, Banner, Iron Man, all of the OG Avengers are alive and are realizing what just happened. We see Thanos off somewhere in some shack. He goes to sit down, and he is injured. But he did what he needed to do. He watches the sunset and the movie ends. And then we get this end scene, only one end credit scene. Uh, Fury and Agent Hill are driving in the city, trying to reach Stark. A car crashes into them, but there is no one in the driver's seat. They get out to see multiple cars stopped, a helicopter crashes, and Hill starts to disappear. 
Fury sees everyone around him getting dusted, and so he goes and grabs this pager, hits send, and he starts disappearing, and he goes to say, mother f-, and then he just, he's gone. Uh, we zoom in onto the pager to see sending, dot, 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 and then the Captain Marvel, Nova Corps kind of signal appears on the pager. So, whew, a long recap. Thank you so much. I, like I said, it, it's a lot. Um, yeah. It's but yeah, movie. tell me tell me what you thought about this film so the last time i watched this was probably like six months ago i think um yeah i watched it the day it came out on dvd Mm -hmm. and then since then i hadn't had like a drive to watch it until we were getting close to endgame and i was questioning things because over time i feel like the first avengers movie doesn't age super well i love that movie to death but like so much of it is focused on the pairings and like mm-hmm. them interacting with these characters for the first time. And I was like, is there a chance Infinity War goes the same path? And I'm happy to say it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, I will say I don't agree with you there because The mm-hmm. Avengers is one of my favorite movies. I think that is the movie I've seen the most. Oh, yeah. Still watching it. I mm-hmm. just get so much joy from it. Um, yeah, it's still great. But in a movie sense, I can see what you're saying, how it's just not as yeah. great the more you watch it but mm-hmm. i still i still it has such a strong sh- strong regard in my heart and mm-hmm. you can continue but yeah um and i i do think a lot of the reason why something like this that is similar where a lot of it is like oh it's strange meeting iron man for the first time it's uh the guardians meeting thor similar to the first avengers movie i think right, yeah. the thing that gives it more substance i guess is thanos oh yeah this is very much a thanos movie yeah you know like it starts with him it ends with him this is uh we get a lot of background and character development on him Mm -hmm. and gamora we learn more about him and see that you know even though he is crazy he he believes what he's doing is right like he truly believes that he's doing the right thing he believes that he cares for gamora and like everybody else is like, no, dude, you're a maniac. Like, mm-hmm. no, but he he thinks he's in the right. So this is this movie centered around the villain, which is super interesting. Um, and I love that they went that path. Yeah, that was the first thing I wrote down. I just said that Thanos and Gamora are the heart of this film. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was such a great idea to not humanize him, but like give him way more depth than any other Marvel villain, mm-hmm. I would say. Um, yeah, because I mean... I think in the comics, more of his his reason for doing this is just because he wants to court death. Right. But but this gives it this is so much more than that. If it was just that for the film, I don't think he would be the same villain. I think they wanted to give us something to kind of sympathize for, like you said. But like I can get people who are like, oh, well, you know, it makes it like it fucking doesn't make sense. Like you don't kill (laughs) half. the, You know what I mean? So, yeah, I get it. but for sure, they they wanted us to see him more as as a real player. And mm-hmm. and yeah, I really I loved Thanos's character in this movie. Yeah, I think uh, Josh Brolin does an amazing job. Um, mm-hmm. Also, I'll say it's one of the most impressive CGI things I've ever seen. Oh, for sure. Like there's a couple shots in this movie of other stuff that doesn't look super great. But uh I think like, the only time I had issues with some of the CGI was with Thanos himself. Sometimes when he would like say things, the, the like jaw wouldn't be like completely matched up when he okay. talked. Mm-hmm. 
but that it wasn't it wasn't that big of a deal like i just noticed it but Mm -hmm. like i told you before i watched black panther and infinity war back to back and i think that's where black panther suffers the most is the cgi so going from that film into infinity war was like a big like change oh yeah definitely um i'll say at the like the last shot of the surviving avengers um uh banner's head floating in the iron man suit doesn't look super good (laughs) oh god that entire Uh, like him in the suit was just weird but yeah but yeah it's a cool concept you know it is yeah it just looked Um, weird i I will say (laughs) his little head just looked really weird so yeah thanos i do think is gonna make this movie hold up as time goes on because uh the fact of one he's a new character that we are learning about for the first time in depth and then marvel even like their good villains aren't super great so the quality jump there i feel like also is gonna help bolster it you know mm-hmm. but um, for sure yeah also the pairings i thought the pairings were all the genius. pairings were amazing i love the pairings mm-hmm. i think they did such a great job especially like I don't know, Thor and Rocket and Groot together was yeah. such a little, like, it's just those three, but that was such a good pairing. Mm-hmm. Um, I also love when, you know, they landed it and Rocket and uh, Winter Soldier teaming up, too. That's yeah. a great scene. Mm-hmm. Um, did you like, um, what is his name, the casting of uh, your boy from um, Game of Thrones? Oh, Peter Dinklage? Did you like that casting? Because I didn't. Uh, and I love Peter. Din- I love Peter Dinklage. I don't know why I just like when I knew he was in the film and I was like, what is he going to play a role in? And then when we met him, it was just off to me, I guess, because it's one of those roles that's like, like, I've seen him play such specific characters. So when mm-hmm. I saw him play this character, I was like, it wasn't really sticking out to me. Something about his accent. Like, I just wasn't loving it. But that was just me personally. I didn't think that. And I love Peter Dinklage. Love mm-hmm. him a lot. Just wasn't um, a strong character for me. I think it was just kind of like jarring you know because mm-hmm. like I, I remember before infinity war it was announced that he was in the movie and it was like oh could he play this character or this character and then going in uh by the time we got there i forgot he was in this movie mm-hmm. and i was like okay and then like there was a noticeable air of confusion in my theater because <laughs> like <laughs> i think people were just like huh like is that like what yeah, is yeah, that yeah. Tyrion? <laughs> um, yeah, so it just it just seems very random, you know? Very random. I didn't really love it, but... Also, but, you know. his name, like, props to you for remembering what his name was, but... <laughs> like... I think I looked it up okay. when I was watching and taking my script, honestly. Yeah, because whenever I talk about that character, I'm like, oh yeah, Peter Dinklage gives him the hammer. <laughs> right, yeah. But, um, yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's just, he's there. The humor in this film is pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, I always expect there to be some some banter when it's like a guardians film or avengers but Mm -hmm. it was never out of place like i remember seeing this movie as serious as it was and as like affected by this movie i was like i was really shook leaving this film i had those one-liners just in going through my brain that were so funny like when he's like tells him something about squidward and then he calls him grimace and Mm -hmm. you know like just little things like that are so funny the um my favorite line is the uh, mm -hmm. uh the jesus joke oh yeah what master do you serve? That's real good. <laughs> He's like, am I supposed to say Jesus? Um, Drax, whom I really disliked in Guardians of the Galaxy 2, mm-hmm. I feel like kind of redeemed himself because he was perfectly funny without being really annoying in this film. So mm-hmm. props to that. Yeah, 
the humor was pretty good. And I think that it was um, it wasn't out of place, which I feel like could have happened with a film so serious and so, so different. Like this was the first film where they just decided to be like, we're going to change up the font on the screen whenever you go to a different area Mm -hmm. and just like throw everybody off. The fact that there was like no Marvel music when the um the, the thing oh, started, credits, yeah. that was super ominous. I feel like starting the theater, you ex- like when you go see a Marvel movie, you expect to hear like, dun, 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 yeah. and then like you just you see it and it's quiet, and then you just hear the the call from the um Asgardian people, and you're just like, oh shit, it's already starting off real. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I don't know what I was expecting. I was expecting like a soft intro, but they started us off like I said, the first ten minutes they kill. Loki, how yeah. could they do that to me? Rest in peace. You think he's still alive? No. No. <laughs> like, you think he's coming like, back? No, in so in my heart, I'm like, yes, he's gotta come back. He's got mm-hmm. to. But I I don't think he is. I think, you know, not only was it before the snap, but Gamora, right? Like she has that chance. She was before the snap as well, but she has the chance of being in the soul stone. So she has a chance of being coming back. But I think Loki and Heimdall are both dead dead. Okay, Unless here's... when we get to the endgame theories. Okay, okay. Um, hold on to that. Yeah, yeah. Because I was going to say, if there's an endgame theory that I have, unless they do something that was hinted at in the trailer, mm-hmm. he could come back. Um, gotcha. But for for purposes, I will say that he is dead dead. Okay. Um, I'll also say, like, closing out on the pairings, I feel like the Russo brothers have just always been good at this. Right. Because... Oh, yeah. um. This past week, I rewatched season one of Community, and they were the directors for Community. Yeah. And that's an ensemble cast of, like, seven characters, and they're all balanced really well. And I think that was from, like, 2009. So the jump from a sitcom on TV to Captain America to making arguably the best Avengers movie is uh, impressive, and it just, like, good track record with big casts. Right. I've only seen one episode of Community because I'm a slacker, um, mm-hmm. and it's the episode where they do D&D, and it's so funny. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was, like, like going off on a tangent here, I was, like, prepping for my first ever game of Dungeons & Dragons, and I was like, what do I do? I was listening to Critical Role and stuff, and then I saw that they had an episode, and I was like, I'm going to watch it, and mm-hmm. it's hilarious. Yeah, so definitely check that episode out. <laughs> um, but I yeah, I love... The Russo Brothers are great. Yeah, yeah, what's the question? So... There's an opinion that I see a lot about this movie mm-hmm. that I don't know if I necessarily agree with, but I want to hear your take. Um, so a lot of people think that Thor's character in this movie, uh, not necessarily like retcon, but he like backtracks on a lot of the development in Ragnarok. Um, no, I think. Okay. I mean, I. I didn't think that before, but as you're mentioning it, yeah, I mean, like, he gets an eye. He doesn't use his powers until he gets the axe again. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, we don't know. He never got that. I mean, I guess he did get the option to use his powers against Thanos, and he didn't. Um, So maybe, yeah, I mean, I guess I could see that. Why why would you not see that? So, for me, I think it's, like, very... I think it's just, like, a... Not a bad opinion, but like a surface level observation, you know, because mm-hmm. like you yeah. mentioned, um, he loses the eye patch. He gets a, a fake eye and um, he gets a new weapon. And I think like his progression in Ragnarok was mo- mainly just like, hey, you don't need a weapon because you're the god of thunder. And yeah, the eye, I guess, 
was kind of pointless, but like in the movie it worked. Mm-hmm. Um, but he like when he has that scene talking to Rocket, I feel like the Thor from the end of Ragnarok is the same Thor that is talking about his life, his history, the loss of his family, his attitude mm-hmm. towards everything. Like he's still like the wizened King Thor that we see at the end of Ragnarok. Um, and he just realizes that he needs something to channel his power again now that he knows like how to use it. So that's yeah. how I feel about it. And, you know, as you were talking, I was kind of thinking in my head too. like, I don't necessarily, he doesn't have a lot of option, like, um, areas in the film before the fight scene at the end where mm-hmm. he can use his powers. Mm-hmm. Um, and plus like, think about it like this too. Like he can't get to them. I don't think it's retconning. I think, getting him a weapon first of all this is like a badass weapon that people kind of wanted to see eventually in the mcu but also the fact that it had the powers to use the bifrost like how else was he going to get to earth so it was a it was a stepping stone plot device to get him to earth i don't think it necessarily was a retcon so now that now that we're talking about it yeah I, i see that plus like i said they didn't have a lot of scenes for him to try to use his inner powers you know what i mean yeah definitely so. and when he does use the lightning i feel like it's even more than he did in ragnarok mm-hmm. you know for sure so. and plus we don't know they never say that the axe channels his lightning like uh like the mjolnir did right um it was mainly i mean like we see him use it with the lightning but it's not necessarily like the the purpose of him using his lightning he's not attached to it in that sense so right yeah it's like giving him a, a, a little buff right for sure mm-hmm. uh how do you feel about Tony? Because I remember I listened to your Iron Man review and you weren't mm-hmm. the biggest fan of Tony in that nope. film. <laughs> I love Tony. I love Tony. Um, I feel like I got past the Tony hate mm-hmm. um, a little bit after Iron Man 3. So, like, I love Tony in Civil War and Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron, he fucks up a lot, but I still appreciate him for trying to right his wrongs constantly because mm-hmm. um, he still clearly suffers from this, like, anxiety that's causing him to just keep acting and trying to do the right thing. Um, but yeah, I do. I love Tony in this film. I absolutely <laughs> loved when Tony and Doctor Strange, like the entire scenes that they were together, they had their both like arrogant, like nature towards each other. Like they had to like one up the other. And yeah. I love that mm-hmm. because it played well. But in general, like I said, I don't usually like that from Tony, but I think that was a good fit for it because Doctor Strange is also kind of a dick um, up until he has his transformation and realizes what he's done. So I think both of them kind of have that like arrogant push of who's got to be the most cocky person in the room. And Mm -hmm. I think that played really well again with the pairing. Um, But yeah, I do. I love him in this film and I think he knows what's at stake. And, you know, we see it on the ship when uh, Dr. Strange is like turning around and he's like, no, I I don't think that's a good idea. I don't want to bring this to earth. I think we should bring the fight to him. Plus like, I've seen what he's done and we need to keep that away from the people of earth. And he's being that person that kind of first came out in Avengers where he put himself on the line for everybody else. So Mm -hmm. I do love Tony in this film. Yeah, he's great. He is great. I think most of the, like, I think every character was great. There's always like one person that I'm like, uh, like, you know, Red Skull. I think that was a little weird, but I mean, I guess it's cool for, it's cool because when we saw him on the screen in theaters, everybody was like, oh, whoa. Yeah, that was a moment. Um, a moment. But then, uh-huh. then I, like, after I watched it, I was just kind of like, that was such a random placement. I mean, I guess it's a cool little nod, like what happened to him after, but, um, still thought it was kind of random, but it's fine. 
it worked. It worked to be the guiding stepping stone for the soul stone. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't think besides that, besides Peter Dinklage being a little weird, I thought all the characters like played really well together and did mm-hmm. a great job. It was cool seeing um, Vision in human form. Uh-huh. I really liked that. Yeah, I like uh-huh. I liked um, Vision a lot in Age of Ultron and Civil War too, but. Mm-hmm. I felt like there was just something strange about the way he was in this. And okay, same thing with Wanda. Like, I love Wanda, but I don't know. I feel like her character was kind of reduced in this, you know? Yeah. And I, I mean, I can kind of see that where, you know, I think Civil War was supposed to be where they start their, like, budding romance. But yeah. in Civil War, like, I was annoyed by him. I thought that he was actually, like, being kind of a dick to her and i didn't see a romance building even though that's what they were going for Uh um but then they just start the movie off and they're a couple so i think and plus you know you have vision who's kind of becoming more human Mm -hmm. um in this movie which i guess we it started during civil war but you know by this time he has been taking on these more human traits so i think them being portrayed weaker than they normally are probably came from this um this thought of them being very emotional about what they knew was going to end up happening. Uh-huh. You know, like we don't see Wanda's powers really get used until middle of the fight, which she still kind of lacks on. Like, honestly, she was strong enough to probably take out so many of those people, but like she just doesn't. And she has like, you know, it's cool to get that scene with a uh, black widow and Okoye um, backing her up. Um, but the, I think we really see her powers come full scale whenever She's holding Thanos back and then she like makes the stone get destroyed. Yeah. Um, but again, I think it might be just that like trying to show her being kind of vulnerable in the state because the one person who she feels actually understands her and who has helped her grow and she's made a relationship with, she knows she has to be the one to basically kill him. Mm-hmm. So I think I think that plays a lot with maybe maybe that wasn't like something they did on purpose, but I I agree that I think they were both underused, mm-hmm. but maybe that's the reason. Maybe they wanted it to be like they were, they felt vulnerable and they felt like, like they were coming to this end and they were trying to like make the time stretch a little bit more. I mean, he says we're out of time, you know, and then yeah. she really gets down and gritty. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's probably the storyline that I thought was the weakest. Yeah. Out of all of them. Because. For sure. I love and I love the chemistry that we get from them in this yeah, me film, too. but mm. it just happened out of nowhere because, like I said, when I rewatched Civil War and I had before I rewatched it, I was like, oh, this is when they start like kind of flirting and stuff. But when I rewatched it, I was like, nah, he's a dick. Like he he's not flirting with her. He's holding her back and he keeps like making rude comments, but trying to be nice at the same time. And it just doesn't work. And I guess maybe she's into that, but still too um, robotic. Yeah, I was weird, but and the romance just comes out of nowhere. Yeah, but um, like I feel like yeah. the the ending where she like basically kills him mm-hmm. would have hit harder if it was a bit more developed, even within Infinity War. Not just like looking back to Civil War, but we do have to make that jump when they're introduced. Mm-hmm. Of like, okay, they actually like love each other now. Right. That's where we are, and then there's yeah, like I just wish they had a little more. Again, I. <laughs> It, it's funny because their whole thing is not having enough time in the movie. Right. But, like, from a meta perspective, yeah, they could have used a little more time. They had more time to do more longer. with that. <laughs> they definitely did. I mean, we are going to get a WandaVision show. Yeah. Is, Wa- 
is that isn't that what it's called? It's like one division, like connected word. Such I that was a weird title. Um, so somehow I don't know if it's a prequel or maybe they both get back from the snap, but I guess we will see their chemistry on Disney Plus. Um, mm-hmm. but that's that's after. Um, this uh, this is such such a good film like this is so fun and like every i have rewatched this movie a couple times ever since it's on netflix and I, every time i put it on it's one of those movies that i can't stop watching even though it's yeah. so long mm-hmm. and it just gets you so hyped for endgame because you know they have to fix this somehow yeah we were talking before we started recording and we both watched this movie very late mm-hmm. uh i was just laying in my bed staring at my ceiling just thinking about <laughs> what could happen and the way things like leave off for certain characters and right. things I didn't think of before. And I think again, on top of the way I talked about Avengers earlier with infinity war, I feel like there's a lot of layers that get pulled back every time you go back. Like there's always something new you take away from it mm-hmm. just because of how dense it is. Right. And yeah, I, I really noticed a lot more this time about um, where Thanos leaves off. Um, I This was the time I was looking for Thor's actual character after I've seen that um, opinion posted online before. And I'll also say this was one of my uh, things that I wish, again, got a little more time. But again, they had to juggle so much with this movie, and I think they did it near flawlessly. Uh, Cap- for sure. For sure, they had to juggle so much. I mean, I think, I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting when I went to this film. I knew that Thanos was going to get all the stones and that mm-hmm. something was going to happen. Like, you know, we knew the snap in the comics, but I didn't expect it to be all in one film. I expected it to be like part two is when that happened. But mm-hmm. they like ended us with that. Such a big, big deal, you know, but. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think focusing it like choosing to focus on it on mostly um tony's crew and the guardians and i'm throwing thor in with the guardians when i say that uh was smart Mm -hmm. because i feel like those characters are the ones that i'd say wide scale people have the stronger connections to out of everybody Mm -hmm. and again more recent like spider-man and doctor strange recently had their films thor just hot off of ragnarok and um yeah i think it was a smart decision everybody loves the guardians so that was a good idea and tying thanos and his development to gamora and then in turn gamora with the guardians i thought was a really nice like chain of character development and arcs so mm-hmm. yeah, it was a smart way to approach this crazy unprecedented style of a movie right um so i have seen people complain about the amount of characters in this film which you know me being like uh, being the people we are Mm. and like loving this universe i think that's not a problem that fans have but do you think from like a regular perspective of people who might not be hardcore mcu fans but they've seen a few of the films and they go in do you think it's a little overwhelming or do you think it was like the perfect fit it's it's strange it's like a balance you know mm-hmm. because i would say like it's impossible to watch this movie and love it to the capacity that you should be able to love it if you're see if this is your first marvel movie you know oh for sure i don't understand i remember when this movie came out 
there was like articles of people who were like just seeing Infinity War and they were so confused and they were writing really bad reviews on it. But it was like you had many chances. Right. This yeah. was never meant to be one of those films where they reintroduce characters in the first 30 minutes of the film because that would have taken up too much time for this story that clearly needed to be jumped into. So not our fault. Do right, your yeah. homework next time. <laughs> and I do think they try, you know, like they try mm-hmm. to make it accessible. And I feel like, again, Thanos being presented the way he is adds to that. And um, I probably like the names, you know, like Robert Downey Jr. Oh, he's has a big role in this movie. So mm-hmm. I feel like from a like super casual perspective, then, yeah, I feel like they did their best with the cards they had. Um, For sure. Like you said, I don't mind that there's this many characters. I would be upset if these characters weren't in here. Right. Like, um, I was kind of upset that we didn't see Ant-Man and Hawkeye. But, you yeah. know, like she said, they were on house arrest. I still I feel like there has got to be a big player reason that both of these characters were not in this movie that maybe we'll see an endgame mm-hmm. um, because it couldn't have just been like a casting perspective because if they could get all these people, they could get those two. So, yes, I know they're on house arrest technically and all, but I think that there has to be some kind of bigger, bigger drive for that. Like you would think so, right? Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, like with uh, Ant-Man, so Ant-Man and the Wasp takes place slightly before and then slightly during before. it's when he's on the house arrest yeah right so i won't spoil that because i know that you haven't done that episode yet yeah, but yeah. like the main goal of ant-man and the wasp is that achieved before infinity war starts is that how we um think it all exists? kind of did you see the end credits yeah so the end credits yeah, i know so is I, like a little bit I after like, the main movie yeah i feel like it's uh it's achieved before for sure because okay. then we see the everything that happened but probably not it was probably like right before all of these things happened because i mean i'm sure he he would have made a nod to like on the tv seeing what happened in nyc or something you know what i mean yeah um they couldn't just leave that that unattended um so i think he served his purpose well and we see that in his prequel but i'm wondering just from seeing trailers and i'm not gonna like spoil anything but we see a lot of things about Hawkeye and his family and I wonder if we're gonna get in Endgame some some like flashback glimpses of Hawkeye and what he was doing before at home like with his family while he was um not with the crew yeah I don't think this is gonna be the case anymore but after Infinity War I wanted more than anything the cold open for Endgame to just be uh Hawkeye with his family in his house during Mm -hmm. like the last 10 minutes of infinity war i still i i kind of want that right i want to see and i guess i will um well i guess this isn't technically a spoiler um but i'll I'll try to keep it for the end most of my comments but i really stand by um the guess that i'm making that his entire family snapped except for his daughter okay i just think we got kind of a glimpse of him training her um while like before the snap um with the bow and arrow and you know in the comics there's the kate bishop character so yeah i think i don't think she snapped for some reason i think that she is still with us so yeah i uh i'm interested to see how they approach that because like hawkeye is the the big question mark i feel like because we do have a sense of what's up with ant-man you know 
Yeah. But Hawkeye's been gone since Civil War, and even in Civil War, he was only there for like ten minutes. Right. So. So yeah, I think Hawkeye is going to be a big team player. I'm always, I'm always a fan of Hawkeye. Um, so I'm really excited to see, you know, the new character that we're going to get from him, mm-hmm. um, play into the role. Um, oh, that's a long movie. A lot of good stuff happens. Was there anything that you were like annoyed about in the film? Like anything that you didn't love? Um, I don't know if annoyed. If I don't think I was annoyed with anything. Like I said, the Vision and Scarlet Witch thing, I think are bo- they're both stronger characters than they were giving credit for in this movie. For sure. And so that was a little annoying. Uh, I think, you know, I got a lot of people complaining about um, the Children of Thanos being oh, kind of okay. like not pictured the way they expected. I don't know, something about them. And I was, I enjoyed their characters. I yeah. didn't know of them before because again i didn't read the um the comics for this mm-hmm. um but i enjoyed their characters i thought they were really great and i thought they each served a purpose in this this like fighting them and kind of weakening them down before mm-hmm. thanos got to them even though clearly they didn't even need to weaken them down because he just like one by one just moved them aside with ease right um, right yeah it's it's funny you bring them up because i completely forgot about them when we were like talking about aspects of the movie Mm -hmm. um proxima midnight is the only name of them that i actually know uh and i yeah i didn't know their names until i looked up was one of them he said right so uh corvus yes corvus okay yeah like i know squidward and i know proxima midnight and then the guy with the arm the only reason why i i because i looked it up because when i was taking my notes i was like basically i was like the main one the big one Proxima Midnight and her friend. Like, that's right. what I named. But I looked it up, and then, you know, Thanos does mention when he arrives onto Titan, he says, Did you kill Maul? Like, he says something like that to, to Doctor yeah. Strange. Um, but that's about it. I think, I don't know if any of their names actually get mentioned, but I did take that from mm-hmm. um, Wikipedia and put that in just so people knew who I was kind of talking about. So yeah. I thought, yeah, I thought they were okay. I'm glad they, I liked that they died that fast, you know? Mm-hmm. Because, like you said, they were just kind of obstacles to just waste their time. Because right. they were clearly, like, not huge threats. They were all really manageable by individuals or by the team-ups. So, it was, I like the way it pre- was presented, where it was like, yeah, this is just someone they have to deal with right now. Yeah, because they couldn't just, like, sit around and, like, twiddle their thumbs while Thanos was on Titan, right? So, I yeah. like that they brought that in, so. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, they were they were fine. I thought... Uh, like you said, Proxima Midnight is the only one that I feel like stood out a ton. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Maw, too, because I guess he, I guess the only one that stands out outside of the other two because um, he introduces the movie, you know? Yeah, like, and when first he first one... pops, like when he first starts talking, I was like, oh, I don't like this character. Like, this is kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. But then he grew on me, and I was like, okay, I get this, like him being part of the villain. Um, I think my only gripe with the film, and I think a lot of people would agree, and I don't think it makes it a bad film because it's part of the the guessing for Endgame, but the biggest problem I have with this film is the fact that there is no stakes. We know when we leave the film, we're like immediately, oh, you know, everybody's really upset. You watch the film for the first time in theaters and you're like either in tears, or you're just sitting there in silence, you're shocked. If you read the comics, you probably were like, told you so. Um, but you leave the film and you're like shook but then you're like 
you know they're going to come back. You right. know there there's no stakes. Like something's going to happen. They're going to come back. Obviously, it would have been a lot cooler if they had not announced, if they were super sneaky, they had not announced Spider-Man Far From Home or anything that was in development after that. So that way we really were left with like what could happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but we just kind of knew that somehow they're going to like they're going to fix this somehow. Maybe we'll lose some of the OG Avengers, but we know that the snap will be reversed because you can't just wipe out the entire like half the universe. Right. So that was my only gripe with the film, even though, you know, it is the biggest it is part of the series, um, but that they leave us on that cliffhanger and it's not really a cliffhanger. Um, So, yeah, I've also heard that um, issue brought up before. mm -hmm. I so here's my whole perspective on that. Like you said, we're super invested in these characters in this world. And I think because of that, I'm able to sort of not ignore, but like, yeah, there's no way in hell Black Panther's dead, you know? Like, exactly. When obviously, he was he's going to get a Black Panther too. Like, my entire theater was like, nah, like, this ain't, this is not real. So. Like, it was still surprising, like, when he disappeared, because I thought Okoye oh, was sure. going to disappear. Yeah. Like, I thought he was going to reach for her, and then she was just going to vanish. But, nah. Like, it was a Black Panther, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh my god, okay. So, I think, the way I think about it is, like, I'm so attached to so many of these characters, like Tony, Cap, um, mm-hmm. pretty much everybody who's still surviving, where I can latch on to the fact that they're existing in a world where they lost and what that means for their own personal lives and their relationships with people. And the Mm -hmm. fact that like Tony held Spider-Man and died. So while Mm -hmm. like that scene was like that scene did hit me every time I saw it in theaters welled up a little bit. But uh, I think this I, I mentioned this before, but the second time I saw it, I really bawled because after the first time I saw it, I had unmuted all my endgame stuff on Twitter mm-hmm. just to see what other people were saying. I'm not an asshole, so I didn't tweet about it. Oh, yeah. I think I maybe put like a vague like, oh, my God, endgame, but yeah. whatever. So um, I was looking at like the the chatter and mm-hmm. somebody was like, think about it. Peter was the only one who could feel it coming with his spidey senses. Oh, yeah, I know. And that's why he was saying that. And so the second time I watched it, when he was like, I don't feel so good, I was mm. like, oh, he feels it. He knows. And I was just really, um, I was depressed. It's fine. Yeah. Same thing with Mantis, too. I noticed that because she was like, something's happening, you know, because like she mm-hmm. has the, the empath powers so she could like sense it, too. Um, But like, yeah, I guess the emotional stakes that I see now with An- Infinity War is like, Tony lost his, like, pretty much his son. You yeah. Know? Like, he still lost him. When we pick up an endgame, he is, he has mourned the loss of Peter Parker. So I feel right. like the stakes there are still existent in a way that if you, if you latch on to the, the surviving characters and how they feel about it, it's more, like, that's where I try to lean into it now. Mm-hmm. So, because yeah, like obviously Spider Man, we see Spider Man alive after, right? Uh, Infinity so, War. And you know, like I said, it's not necessarily the fact that the snap happened, and we know they're coming back. Because I, you know, if if you were prepared on this, you kind of figured something like that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. But I just think leaving us with that cliffhanger that we were like, okay, we know something's going to be fixed. I think that was the only gripe. 
like they could have ended it a little bit later, a little bit earlier before the snap. I don't know. I mean, I, you know, it leaves us all guessing, which is mm-hmm. great. I don't, I don't hate that. Just, you know, the fact that you leave the film and you're like, it could be reversed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, you don't know. Now there's all these new endgame theories that like serve so many purposes and there's clearly they're going to fix this somehow. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to lose some people along the way, but um, I don't think it's going to be as easy as people expected. I'm glad you're bringing that up because, like I said, I was just like, not in shock, but I was in a mood last night after this movie ended. <laughs> just like going on the, like, <laughs> it's a picture um, of Charlie Day from um, It's oh, Always yeah. Sunny, With and the, he's on the, the board, and he's uh-huh. just connecting everything, and it's like you in bed just thinking. Yeah, it was like 3 a.m., and I was just pacing in my room, and I was like, oh my god, <laughs> this is going to happen. Um, So, do you want to get into theories now or do you want to wrap up um let's wrap up let's do um let's get into the rating system um yeah so let's get into the rating system before we wrap it up and talk about endgame um spoilers and theories maybe so i need to know before i reveal where infinity war is in my list i want to know what your top three mcu films are and then if if infinity war is not one of those Mm. where would you put it okay so i'm pulling up my list number three is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Number okay. 2 is Spider-Man Homecoming and number 1 is Captain America the Winter Soldier. Okay. And for me, uh I don't like with Infinity War, I went back and forth on this so many times and I'm still not sure how I feel about it. Right now Infinity War is my fourth. Okay. But I like Black Panther's so good. <laughs> right, right. That's how I felt when I left the theaters after seeing Black Panther for the first time. And I made my list. I I was like, it's number one. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of thought on it. And again, you know, I'm going through this list and ranking it. So it's it moved down a teeny bit, but mm-hmm. it's up there because it's such a good film. Yeah. Um, like we record this, our. Mm-hmm. I was going to say we record our Infinity War Excelsior episode this Friday. By then, there's a fair chance that Black Panther's back at number four. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, what are the reasonings for your top three? So. Guardians 2, I didn't see in theaters, and I love that first movie so much, but Guardians 2 was just, for me, more time with the characters that I love mm-hmm. so much. Uh, I Really, my only issue is I feel like, you mentioned it earlier, Drax is a character in that, not a huge fan of. I like his humor more in the first movie. When I was looking up, because, um, again, I look up theories and stuff, and I went on this thing talking about Infinity War and things you might have missed, and I saw some page labeled him as Drax the Drama Destroyer <laughs> because of all of his scenes that literally, like, you're you're invested, and then he just does something really dumb, and you're just like, fuck, like, now I, I don't care. And, uh-huh. yes, very much so. <laughs> so, yeah, Drax's character in 2 isn't my favorite. I still love Drax, but, like, his jokes and I Same. feel like... I feel like, like as he, if he redeems himself in this film, it wasn't as bad mm-hmm. as Guardians 2. Yeah, like he ends up with the unfortunate task of having to continue jokes past when they should end in Guardians 2. And uh, I feel like that's part of it. But yeah, I love those characters. That movie made me weep. Spider-Man Homecoming. Spider-Man is my favorite superhero. Mm-hmm. And I have like almost zero issues with that film. Right. And Winter Soldier, I feel like he's just... character development i say that every episode that somebody puts it in their list because it's i remember seeing it in theaters and being like it's a good film but Mm -hmm. then when i rewatched it and like put it in this like this like 
whole film kind of uh, spectrum, I was like, holy shit, this is a good film. Like the standalone yeah. plus in general, like the, the development and what we see from this film and plus mm -hmm. this like larger threat of somebody taking over our government from like behind and the it, scenes. So, so amazing. And Top it's still 10. so personal too. Very much so. Like, I love sure. that aspect. I, I showed it to my mom and my grandpa in like January because I never saw it. And when the highway scene happened, when he was like just fighting Bucky, my heart was still racing. I've seen this movie like 15 times, <laughs> but I, I really think that movie's like close to being a masterpiece. Oh, yeah. So, um, so are, are you What's ready? Are you ready? Yeah, let's hear it. OK, so this is episode 19. There will be 19 spots in this list. So starting from the top. My number one, remember, this is all personal opinions. So my number one is Avengers. My number two, Infinity War. Number three, Guardians of the Galaxy. Number four, Thor Ragnarok. Number five, Black Panther. Number six, Spider-Man Homecoming. Number seven, Winter Soldier. Number eight, Civil War. Number nine, Age of Ultron. Number 10, Captain America, the first Avenger. Number 11, Iron Man. Number 12, Doctor Strange. Number 13, Ant-Man. Number 14, Thor. Number 15, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Number 16, The Incredible Hulk. Number 17, Iron Man 3. Number 18, Iron Man 2. And 19, Thor Dark World. Very nice. Yeah, I know. Everybody always is a little thrown off about Guardians 2 and Incredible Hulk, but it's my opinion, yeah, suckers. Guardians 2, <laughs> I really feel like, is a love-it-or-hate-it movie. Mm -hmm. you know for the most case and not saying that you hate it i'm not putting words in your mouth but like it's uh it really is mainly just focused on the characters being around each other you know there's no real plot there's no real like story element to it it's just the character relationships mm -hmm. for sure um so yeah before we get into end game stuff by the way, totally racking up as the longest episode, but I'm totally okay with it because it's it's Infinity War. Uh, so thank you, Christian, for coming out, talking to me about Infinity War, one of the most amazing film experiences that we have had oh, yeah. so far, especially with like something building up for 10 years. So amazing. Mm -hmm. Thank you for having so. me. I was very excited to be on this one. Yeah. So uh, if you like hearing from him, you can follow him on Twitter at Chris N. Buckley. It's C-H-R-I-S-N-B-U-C-K-L-E-Y. Chris N. Buckley. Um, also, do you want to plug in those podcasts? I know we have the Excelsior and we also have JoyClicks, right? Yes. So YouTube.com slash JoyClicks just is uh, mainly where most of my stuff and my friend's stuff gets posted. Uh, we work on game stuff, comics, news stuff like that um excelsior is our marvel podcast every friday on podcast services uh, also a video version on youtube and yeah i appreciate you guys listening i am a fan of the show so i'm glad i got to be on it and yeah we are in the end game now <laughs> we are in the end game now so so yeah thank you again for coming out it's been great again follow me on twitter for the updates on the episodes because there's only gonna be like two more um maybe i'm really still thinking about doing like and mm -hmm. i do want to do a spoiler cast after the film so just mm -hmm. you know keep your eye out for something like that um but yeah follow us on twitter for the updates at the snap mcu but yeah um getting into that endgame spoilers by now you've heard it from me a lot um 
if you don't want to go into the movie with any theories in your head about what's going to happen, um, stop listening now. Thank you for coming out. Um, episode 20 is going to be on Ant-Man and the Wasp, which is a big player in Endgame, I believe. Uh, a mm-hmm. lot of interesting things happening there. Um, so, yeah, thank you for listening. And let's get into it. What what do you have for me for um, what you want from Endgame? OK, so there's two things sticking out of my head that I want to mention. Uh, one, you mentioned uh, Loki earlier. Uh, Loki is also my girlfriend's favorite Marvel character. She <laughs> loves him to death. She has like three posters about of him. Love so, him. yeah, Loki, I have to bring this up just because. So y- you mentioned earlier, like Loki, Heimdall and Gamora are probably are like they're the ones that didn't die from the gauntlet. People, I brought this up on my show, but my co-hosts didn't buy it. So remember when there was that big wave of uh, the character posters? Right. The Avengers of the Fallen posters. So Loki got a poster. Gamora got a poster. Both grayed out. Heimdall did not get a poster. And then my co-hosts were like, hey, Heimdall wasn't a big character. To which I say, Thor refers to him as his best friend several times. Right. So why would Thor's why would best he friend... not get a poster? But uh-huh. like characters like Wong or like Pepper or Happy, even Happy got a poster, right? Yeah, you know, so something to think about. That is definitely something to think about. Because if if there's a chance Gamora comes back and she's grayed out, maybe Loki too, you know? Yeah, um, so. I so my I have one possible theory of Loki coming back, mm-hmm. and that is the theory of you know obviously we're seeing a lot of the quantum suits and them going back in time. There is this really awesome awesome theory that they are going to go back in time to each um not just before the snap but to each stone to get the stone. So like first going back all the way to Avengers one, so that mm-hmm. way they have the the tesseract, but they will also have the mind stone. Right. And then going back, um, I know like you could see in the one of the latest trailers for Avengers, all of them are in their quantum suits. So we don't know if they have or have not already gone into like into the past, um, but they are on a ship and they are around the ship that is glowing kind of purple. It's grayish. It looks very similar to the same ship that I mean, the same planet that um, that Star-Lord appears in first in Guardians of the Galaxy to get the um Ooh, okay the power stone uh-huh. yeah it looks if you look at them it looks almost like the same thing so maybe they are going back in time to each spot uh, to get the stones before thanos does um so i want to add to that mm-hmm. i remember probably like maybe like i want to say like eight to 12 months ago i think there were set photos yeah, yeah um, exactly exactly yeah of uh steve in his power ranger avenger suit you know like the the one from the mm-hmm. first avengers movie and then scott was standing next to him right so yeah I, I i buy in on that yeah i mean we see the scene of tony in the trailer flying above the skyline of new york and he is in an updated suit it's not the same suit from avengers one but he's in an updated suit so i'm thinking you know he maybe they go back to that scene and he's trying to get the stones. Also, I'm going to give another plug, another shout out to um, new rock stars on YouTube for um, they're always having the best theories because I think a lot of this picked up from one of their videos. Um, but 
you could see in the scene where you know again this is i mean this is spoiler territory but there's a scene in the trailer when cap and tony are together again Mm -hmm. and they shake hands and tony's like do you trust me and cap's like yeah i do if you look at cap's suit um it looks very much like the newer suit that dark colored blue but Mm -hmm. it looks kind of cgi'd like it might be the same suit he was wearing in avengers so this is tony speaking to the past cap and he's like you need to listen to me this is what's going to happen i'm from the i'm from the future and blah blah do you trust me and he's like yeah i trust you um that would be fucking awesome um but yeah so that is one of the biggest theories that i'm banking on Plus, um, I mentioned in the Doctor Strange episode that um, I think we're in a time loop. So they every time they fail, they go back in time. Um, yeah, I was thinking about that, too, last night. Mm-hmm. Because Cause the, the stone is glowing when he hands it over to Thanos. So it's glowing, yeah. which means it's he's using it. And so if he saw all these outcomes, there's no way that he could just bank on them getting the one outcome. So I think he did the same thing he did with Dormammu and he put them in a in a time loop. Yeah, mate, like, because he never used it in the fight. Exactly. So I think that's possible. But I have one last thing. Okay. That this is the thing that kept me up for like an hour last night. <laughs> so the end of Infinity War, the last thing we see, Thanos is in his estate. He is uh, crippled and limping, right? So... We we saw some of the Avengers like hold their own against Thanos for a little bit during Infinity War, mm-hmm. and that was at max power pretty much. Right. How much of a threat can he be if he's like this damaged and broken and tired? I mean, so, also too, I think he he mm-hmm. got what he wanted, and he's kind of expecting them to come for him. Uh huh. So, so here's my thing. I think potentially, and this is based on almost nothing, kind of drawn from some comics. So this is a long movie. This is a three hour movie. So like what are what are they even what is Endgame even about? You know, like how (laughs) much of that three hour period is just about we got to kill Thanos and fix everything. So what if like. For the sake of this, say by like hour one, Thanos is dead because he's kind of weak now. He's kind of like low power. They got Captain Mm -hmm. Marvel. They got Thor. Easy. So what if the they destroy Thanos, they have a way, they find a way to reverse everything. But we have a the appearance of one lady death. And she shows up and she's like, hey, that all these so people, cool. all these people are mine now because they're dead. So you can't like just reverse this with some little fancy magic. They're, they're mine. They're in my realm now. Because one, Lady Death is super tied to Thanos' character, and I feel like this is a, it fits in with the way everything's set up now. It's not just like Thanos is in love with her. It's an easy way to draw a comparison. Like, he did this thing, and it empowered her, so there's some tangential relationship there. That would be so cool, because I don't think, uh, I mean, you know, we're looking at IMDb all the time, and there are a couple characters who don't have names next to them, but that Mm -hmm. would be, that would be, that'd be awesome. And then... On top of that, in Infinity War, there are several instances of people looking at Captain America and saying, we don't trade lives, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. what if the whole deal is Lady Death is like, hey, yeah, Spider-Man, <clears throat> the Guardians of the Galaxy, they're mine now, my realm, I own them. 
they're dead. Cap trades his life for everybody else's. One last mm-hmm. sacrifice. He's like, One hey, take sacrifice. me. Take my soul. I'm a super soldier. I'm beefed up, better than a normal person. Take me instead. Uh, fix the world. Let them do it, and I'll be yours for eternity. And that's the sacrifice. So, like, yeah, Cap is in hell, kind of, or, like, imprisoned for eternity. Not out of the question to be brought back down the line if they need Chris Evans, but, like, very clearly not in not in the picture. Right. So that'd be awesome. That'd be really cool. Can I um I've been saving this other talk for this episode, I think. I've been sure. talking a lot of a lot of my theories this episode, but I have another one. Have you seen any of the like uh you know how toys always spoil things? Yeah. Have you seen any of the Funko Pops? I saw Professor Hulk. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um there was another one. Um and if you haven't seen the toys, it you kind of see it in the trailer, so I I won't mention the toys, but something about Thanos um, is different in the toys. And, you know, the first trailer we ever saw of Thanos, again, uh, we see his armor being like it's on a scarecrow. Mm-hmm. It's He's hung up his armor. He's weak. We know he has been stabbed through the chest. He's sitting. Maybe he reversed it. He still has time zones. I don't know. But he's sitting there and he's weak. Um, there is a scene in the movie i mean in the trailer where uh thor captain america and iron man show up in front of thanos a couple of things happen in the scene thanos beams down just like the rest of them beam down in the beginning of the movie he doesn't use his little space stone dust so i'm assuming he doesn't have the space stone he also has a full suit of armor on which he takes off in the beginning of the movie when he gets two stones mm-hmm. From taking that information, I think at some point in this film, they might be successful in getting the stones before him. And maybe they meet with him and what like maybe they know he's going to like, OK, for for example, Xandar, right. we know that he's going to go to Xandar to get mm-hmm. the first stone. So they go to Xandar after they've gotten what they needed. And he goes there and he like they said that he decimated Xandar. So we see there's like rubble. So he goes to Xandar. They go there, too. And he's like, who are you people? And they're like. We're the Avengers, bitch, like we're going to take you down. And then that's why he has all of his armor on and stuff, too. So that's another cool theory that was like it was I think it might have been new rock stars. It might have been another um, another YouTube account that I was like, holy shit. Like, that was really cool. Yeah. Um, so that's another like I'm saying, like, I think I really do think hopefully we get these cool scenes of them going and retrieving the stones before since we we know that time travel is a player we know that's going to happen somehow and i want it to be used mm-hmm. in a way that's not just like right before the snap because obviously right before the snap they can't do it they can't beat him so they have to do something better yeah and i i think i trust the russos and kevin feige enough to not rely on just being like oh yeah the second before it happens we're gonna like get an actual killing blow i feel like it's gonna be more in line with what you said mm-hmm. um one other thing there marvel movies always have post-credit scenes yeah do you think like tonally it's gonna feel weird if there's a post-credit scene no because i i don't think it's weird because there needs to be one. I think there should be at least two, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I've mentioned this um, 
before, but I think that like they they need to hint to something greater or something maybe not even greater than Thanos, but they need to hint to the next new villain, mm-hmm. not Mysterio, because we've kind of seen that. And I don't I maybe it ties in, but I think Mysterio is going to be completely different from the, the whole Thanos stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know, maybe tempering with time might be what caused Mysterio to like appear um, in this universe. We'll see. But I don't know, I'm like hinting to like Adam Warlock, which was hinted to uh, for the next Guardians film, hinting uh-huh. to that, introducing us to Guardians 3 or hinting to like Silver Surfer or something about the Fox merger could have been like filmed later to add to an end scene credits. Like somebody, maybe somebody that you casted in your game could yeah, be. Potentially. <laughs> yeah, shows that up John Krasinski Reed Richards to walking on set. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah, that'd be really awesome. But but yeah, like something cool like that, that hints to the future. I want to see like closure, but I also want to see like an end. Like I want en- one end credit scene to be something happy, mm-hmm. something like and the end of avengers when they're all like eating shawarma like something small and happy to nod to it and then i want to see another end scene that obviously we're all going to be satisfied and crying and emotionally ready to go and i just want them to be like bam here's something really cool to look forward to you know what i mean so Mm -hmm. that's what i want yeah i uh i think there's probably going to be a postcard scene i don't know if i want them to do the next big bad or like the next obstacle hinting at something like that. Yeah. Even if it was as small as like Thanos at the end of the first Avengers movie, I don't know if we need that right now, just cause like it is the end quote unquote of everything. Mm-hmm. But something I would like is, you know, that poster of a, uh, it's like the Marvel poster. It's like a, the foreground is just a solid color. It says Marvel. And then there's like all like 500 Marvel heroes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like it'd be nice and be a nice like closing chapter on it all. If like similar to the way theater works, just at the end of the credits, there's nothing crazy. Have it's everybody just, like line up. Have everybody line up. Make that picture for the MCU because this is their chance to make that poster. You know. Oh, that, that just gave me thing. chills. Yeah, that would be awesome. Just have like one at a time in the order they were introduced. Have everybody walk out in costume, even if they're dead. Just have them walk out pose that's awesome do a nice little group picture so that would be great yeah well that sounds amazing i think it's going to be more than that i think they know us well they know Mm -hmm. the comics well they know what they're doing and they know what we want from a film i think they're going to do it justice and i think we're going to get what we want i think you know maybe some theories are right maybe they completely shock us but i think they're going to give us the ending that we deserve for this Mm -hmm. saga so um is there any other um theory that you want to talk about before we wrap it up that was pretty much everything um part of the lady death thing was also me wanting more from kate blanchett because i feel like they could do something cool with hella maybe like have her so do so you think as mcu terms she is lady death like i know she's the goddess of death but do you think because i was taking it as two separate people i was taking her as being like something from norse mythology and then there was the actual yeah. like death but you, I mean, you think that's the same person it's like the closest we have right now you know right so like yeah. until they decide they want to introduce someone like lady death then that's what i'm associating with maybe mm-hmm. she doesn't come back as the same personality as hella maybe she comes back like same form but different function i guess not as crazy okay. more like cool. he's sort of how like red skull came back and he's just like more calm now and he's like yeah this is my life yeah so i don't know okay 
fair. That'd be cool. I've said before that I want to see Death be a player in the game. So mm-hmm. it's I love that theory and that idea of like, because I mean, they have said that all the trailers, first of all, we don't know if anything the trailers are real or not, but mm-hmm. all the trailers are just like in the first 20 minutes of the film. Yeah, so three hours. things could happen so fast and then yeah. we could get something else. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. Um, Christian, it's been such a long episode, such a good episode, such a good wrap up, mm-hmm. getting ready for Endgame. Again, thank you so much for being on. I had a blast. It was a very good time. Thank it's you fun. for having me. You're going to have to um, invite me on to Excelsior so we could play that game again. Because oh, I'm, absolutely. I'm into it now. Now I'm going to be like thinking about all my my picks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you did y'all cast Rogue yet? Uh, I don't think so. I think. OK, I love Rogue. Yeah. Rogue is probably still in the box right now. Cool. Well, maybe save that for me. Mm-hmm. I can get some thoughts. Yeah, for um, sure. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, again, thank you for coming out. Thank you all for listening as well. This has been a ride. We have two main movies to recap before Endgame. It has been crazy. This was my most anticipated episode to record. And wow, it's been a ride. So yeah, so yeah thank you for listening. Um, make sure to check out the next episode, episode 20 on Ant-Man and the Wasp. And we will we will see you then. 